Welcome to River Life Podcasts. We're a church family embracing the Father's presence, releasing empowered people to declare and demonstrate Christ's kingdom. We trust that God would use what you hear today to bless and grow you so that you would be a blessing to those around you. For more information about River Life Baptist Church, go to riverlifechurch.org.au or find us on social media. Well, welcome back to River Life Going Deeper. My name is Scott. I'm joined by Pastor Joe and also the Senior Pastor of River Life Baptist Church, John Robertson. It's so good to have you here. Nice to be here with you guys. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Hey, we've been uh, doing a series on the spiritual disciplines, uh, many different aspects of spiritual disciplines. And uh, yeah, we're going to go a bit further into one, yeah, one sort of avenue of spiritual disciplines today. But before we get there, just want to say thanks to everyone who's been listening in, everyone who's been uh, tuning in all across the world even. Yep. And yeah, just a reminder to hit subscribe. If you do that on your device, then the podcast will automatically somehow pop up on your phone every week and you can uh, you can listen in. And also a reminder, if you have any questions or any comments that you want to send through to us, just hit us up at church at riverlifechurch.org.au and we'd love to get back to you. So today as we pick up on our, our spiritual discipline series, you know, the last few episodes we've looked at um, prayer and at that kind of interaction with God. We've looked at scripture and how we interact with that. Today we want to shift gears a little bit. Um, we've spent a lot of time talking about the way we clarify and diminish the external noise and influences, how we, we discern God's reality and his truth to us. Today, we want to look at some of the ways we can deal with the um, internal issues that end up getting in the way of our intimacy with God. And so um, we want to just have some time discussing some of these things like confession, repentance, but really um, we come back to that cultural desire we have just for, for engaging with God's manifest presence, to give him space to do what he wants to do. You know, some people will call it revival. Some people will call call it normal Christian life. Some people will call it uh, an outpouring. What we think is that it's the space where we get to just celebrate God, celebrate others, be his people in our community that do the things that he's called us to do. And so uh, it's good to have Pastor John here to talk about that. I know this is one of your passion points, isn't it? Yeah, look, I think that we're on um, a journey, all of us, into um, being renewed into a fuller, more complete knowledge of who God is, yeah. um, who we are in him. So identity is a big thing for that. But also just to understand it, like his glorious nature that provides fuel for the Holy Spirit to ignite passion within each of our hearts to mm. be about then who he wants us to be. Because mm. I, I think... Um having known you for many, many years, this has been like a journey for you um, that you've been on personally and that you've taken us on as a church, which is really cool too, that uh, it's, it's ground that you kind of have plowed first in this whole idea of um, coming before God, dealing with stuff, and then creating a space for him to then pour his, his love, his presence, all those things into you and then through you into the people around you. Um, so I suppose coming back to that, you know, um, we've talked about, uh, Adele Calhoun's book, The Spiritual Disciplines, and she uses this great phrase, um, relinquishing the false self. Um, and you said identity then, which I think is part of that core thing. It's mm. like really coming to grips with who we are. How have you seen, or maybe some of the practices you've experienced in kind of just letting God bring the reality of who you are really uh, to the forefront? You know, that idea that we're, we're his children, he loves us. Um, have you found any particular processes or practices in your life that kind of help you clarify that? Yeah, I think there's like several ways in which you can always 
keep coming back to looking at our identity. One thing is to, and we've looked at it in previous podcasts, was to just understand from a scriptural point of view your identity. Like, who does God say you are? His voice has to be the most important voice we listen to, yet um, his voice is constantly in competition in with our own voice, telling us bad stuff about you know who we are, uh, the uh, the the voice of the world that would want to say something different as well. So first and foremost, tuning in to be able to listen to what what is what does Father God say about me? Um, and you covered off on some of those uh, the other week with Pastor Ryan in Scripture and mm. understanding mm. those sorts of things, but. The daily practice then of being able to be in his word is really important to be able to constantly reframe that. Mm. But outside of that, then to come into daily practices of, um, you know, spiritual breathing, um, exhaling, inhaling. Yeah, explain that because that's a pretty essential discipline that I know you've talked about, but maybe people don't even know what that means. Yeah. So, um, you know, understanding of um, spiritual exhaling, you know, kind of coming before God, um, you know, understanding that. Uh, he is just such a gracious and loving God that if we confess our sins, he's mm. faithful and just That's to forgive right. us mm. our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so, you know, if if we come into that space then where we can just be honest. Um, mm. I, I think for me, one of the life-changing moments at a very young age, I think, in, in, in my Christian walk, was to understand that I can't hide anything from him, mm. so why bother? Yeah. Um, you know, he, he really is God. He really does know everything. Yeah. Um, but in spiritual breathing, exhaling is to come in that time of confession. I admit it. I've, I've stuffed mm. up. I've done the wrong thing. I've sinned against you. Mm. Um, I love the psalmist's heart, you know, Psalm 51 and mm. others where there's this broken and contrite yeah. spirit. There's this way in which to come before God going, I need you. I need mm. you every day. And again, I've messed up. But I understand that mm. your grace and your love and your compassion for me doesn't want anything to come between us in intimacy and so then exhaling is you know that confessional that opportunity to admit wrong and the appropriateness then of um, bringing after exhaling is to inhale and to and to go and to realize the forgiveness sometimes that involves self-forgiveness you know oftentimes we're uh, we're happy to allow holy spirit to reveal to us um, those we might need to forgive, mm. um, uh, those also that um, ways in which we've we've gone against God mm. for the things that we might have said, thought, done. Um, but then to be able to also forgive ourselves and get over our own unforgiveness to step into that place where we start to put on what he has for us in filling of his Holy Spirit mm. to coming afresh and allowing us to move into the promises that he has for us. Man, that is, that's an awesome it's discipline to, that you've got. It's enough to think on just right it there. Sounds like, and it sounds like it's part of your life. It sounds like twice, it's... Twice a day. What? Um, wow. Yeah, so in, wow. the, in the morning... Um, when I wake up, not that I think I've sinned overnight, but, uh, but is to just be able to go, um, you know, God, wow. just at the beginning of this day, I just want to relinquish self. Yeah. Um, it's one of the first things I do when That's I awesome. wake up in the morning as I, um, I have a habit of, um, reading a devotion when I wake up in the morning and praying. And so it's part of that. Yeah. But also in the evening, 
um, I find that, um, uh, you know, just those times before bed to be able to review the day yeah. with Holy Spirit reflection. Not review the day as in, oh, was it a successful yeah. day? Did tick, I complete tick, another cross, day? Cross. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. looking at you like productivity in your workplace. Kind yeah. Of thing. And a prayer that, that Holy Spirit will always answer is show me if there is anything in me that is keeping us apart. Wow. Yeah. And just go quiet. That's good. And it won't be quiet for long <laughs> because you'll hear that still small voice yeah. wow. reminding you of something that needs to just be put right. That's really good. I think it's it's good for all the listeners and myself and everyone to hear that our senior pastor does that. <laughs> like, and I think it's it's awesome to hear that people in church leadership are doing it. Hmm. And it's not something that, you know, the dirty sinners, you know, out there, you know, need. It's actually every single person. There's always something for us to to get rid of, or, or there's always opportunities that God gives us to get closer and closer to Him. I think as you mature as a Christian, the, the, the big things that when you are a younger person or a younger Christian may have been big issues to get rid of. In my case, as coming to the Lord at 19 years of age was, I had a potty mouth, you know, I had a, uh, you know, swearing was an issue. Um, and so to change that, but then that changed the taming of my tongue, not from just saying bad words, but as I matured, a sarcastic tongue right. that needed to change. <laughs> and so, so it wasn't as big, but it's still an issue. Is that what that's you're saying? right. Yeah. So now, many years on in uh, growing in the Lord, um, do I still have a weak area probably with my tongue? Yes. And it's careless words. So it changes. Right. So I think as you get more mature, as you grow in your faith and, and that some of the external bigger things that, you know, you would look at and go, oh, well, you know, yeah. I got rid now. of those. I'm good <laughs> yeah. now. Mm. Holy Spirit just starts to reveal more subtle yep. things that still are a, a requirement mm. for us to continue to grow into his image. Yeah, and that's that um, that transition from the external to the internal, isn't it? Like it's that real, and which is why, you know, confession, repentance, yet spiritual breathing, is a discipline, not just a once-off thing, because because it is that process. And I love that you know, even in scripture, you kind of see Paul take that journey. Um, you know, starts off very confident, very bold, uh, humility probably not at the forefront. And by the later in his 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 um, ministry and his journey, he's like gone from I'm the better than those other guys, yeah. and now I'm the least of I'm of the all. Prisoner. I'm the yeah. worst of sinners, yeah, you know. Worse, yeah. And he's matured and he's grown and he's gotten closer to the well, Lord. And we'd look at him and probably go, "Worst of sinners? How mm, could he be? Crazy like, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But yeah. he knew. Wow. And and I think that's a deep reverence for the holiness of God. Mm. And if we don't have that, then we're stepping back into the sorts of places where whether we would admit it or not, we are again assuming his position. Um, and mm. to keep in a perspective that says God is set apart, he is holy, um, he draws me near and I'm able to live in intimacy and closeness to him, but it's only by what Jesus did. Mm -hmm. And if he then was able, Jesus, when he was teaching the disciples to pray back into Matthew 6, yeah. one of my favorite all-time passages, and just says, you know, this is the way I think you should be praying. Uh, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. But he also talks about this whole idea about also um, coming and, and seeking 
that forgiveness from mm. the Lord. That's awesome. You know, if Jesus is teaching his disciples to do that, then we need to be able to kind of share that to other people as well. Mm. So, um, you know, we're in a disciple-making business. That's yeah. kind of, you know. That's what we do. Yep. That's what we do. what we do. So, um, you know, at every night I'm teaching my kids when we have prayer times at night. Um, we don't say the Lord's Prayer, but we work through those various components mm. of it. That's good. And I would just ask them a question. Is there anyone today that you need to forgive that's hurt you? That's really cool. Um, but I'll also say, why don't we just ask God now if there's anything that we need to ask forgiveness for, anything we've thought, anything we've said, anything we've done, kind of covering mm. off on body, mind, soul. Yeah, sort that's of, good. You know. And so um, what I think is powerful about that is that it doesn't just kind of get you back to even with God. Like, okay, I've, I've cleared the slate. I'm not in trouble anymore. It actually creates that space then for um, his presence to dwell, doesn't it? It, becomes, it kind of starts to play into that whole um, temple metaphor that's throughout like the New Testament, you know, where, where God's presence dwells. Like uh, we've just been talking about listening to some stuff on Pentecost and the whole picture of fire falling on the believers is – uh, is temple imagery, you know, mm. fire is pre- uh, presenting God's presence, coming to dwell in the believer individually. And, and Paul in Corinthians talks about us as the temple of the spirit. You know, this this confession and this clearing house dealing with stuff doesn't just bring us back to, okay, I'm all good with God, we're sorted. Right. But, you know, we've balanced the books. It actually creates a space for his presence to dwell then, which I think for us as a culture then starts to create this desire and awareness and then also a momentum into what we would call revival, that mm. God's presence is being poured out and we're starting to see the things that the scripture talks about. Um, all of this ties interestingly into um, a, a verse in James um, in chapter 5, verse 16, talks about, you know, if we confess our sins to one another, he's able to bring healing to us, um, which I find is a fascinating thing because often we think confession is just making sure I'm not in trouble with God, mm. but it actually has an implication into our physical daily lives and our community space as believers, doesn't yeah, it? Like it has a true. huge impact. Yeah. Um, and we're starting to see some of that as well. Like um, when we've taught on revival and God's presence and um, breaking through into culture, um, this whole confession repentance thing is core to it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I probably think that in some ways we've left behind um, um, part of what became a mainstay for uh, the Catholic Church um, that then became the Roman Catholic Church, but um, in, in the whole idea of confessional. And mm. we thought, well, we don't need a mediator. We can so come just Jesus. straight yeah. to Jesus. However, um, it's actually good for our mental health. It's actually good for mm. building a relationship and community. It's actually good for family to be able to be honest with each other. Yeah. And when we do that, then I think we're stoking those fires of revival because we're not all just pretending to be something mm. that we're in process of becoming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, um, you know, it's a good leveler to be able to then just be real with other people, to be able to walk with other people. And I think one of the, the keys to a, a revival culture is this humility of walking with each other. We're all journeymen. Yeah. We're not experts yeah. <laughs> where we we walk this together we learn from each other we grow with each other we spur one another on to love and good deeds this all becomes part of a fire that starts to grow within us when we stoke it in each other as That's well awesome. and so the confessional aspect of that is about you know just being real and coming before one another you can find that sense of healing you know oh there's a weight off 
uh, it's healing into my my soul it's healing into my mind it might even be healing into your body mm. if you've held on to stuff that's yeah. eating away at you mm. quite literally from um you know uh, that perspective but i i think that you know part of the culture is to try to encourage each other well that's the opposite side of it is that then you come to your brother and sister in community you confess your sins and then the flip of that is that the brother or sister or fellow believer can encourage and we would call that i guess prophetic like work we would we would allow then god to speak through us to then prophesy into their lives and to bring bring out the best yeah bring out the best yeah that kind of calling not like not foretelling the future but calling out what's already there that isn't necessarily seen so then that confession creates a space for like the reminder of what we talked about identity and calling out that identity yeah no when you confess you remind yourself that i am a new creation that's something actually pastor nick and i were just talking about in the office this week that um you know there's that idea that we are a new creation in christ that the old is gone and the new has come but obviously we're not perfect and we're still working that out and that that play between knowing who i am in him but still sorting out the sin issues that surround my Mm. life and when we think we can do it by ourselves we miss the point you know if, if we look at grace um you know, there's a number of ways of looking at grace, and one of the ways that I know from Gordon Fee, uh, he calls grace God's empowering presence. If God's presence in us helps us to to confess and to be in relationship and to grow, then it creates this space when we when we can acknowledge that the confession creates a way for me to grow into who He's already made me to be. Yeah, mm. yeah, which is quite powerful because that's then when we do uh, the best kingdom work we can, is when we're surrendered to Him with the reality of who we actually are. Yep. strong and weak yep. and all those things together and then together we complement one another and we become like Paul talks about in the plural the temple of the Holy yep. Spirit yeah yeah, that's exactly mm. right just these body metaphors and the other things that um, realisation that actually in a, in a revival culture too and when we say that word what we're you know meaning by that as we talk into that is that to bring or to revive that which has been dormant that which has mm. maybe not uh, needing to come to life again. Um, so within us coming to life in the fullness that Jesus said that he offered to us, we want to walk in that. We want to walk in the ways of Jesus. We want to walk in uh, what it looks like to be revived to the sort of life that he demonstrated, that he modeled to us, um, a sort of life that um, you know leads to this, this sense of representation of the kingdom of heaven here on mm. earth. Um, yeah, it's not it's not a narrow sense of it. Like maybe some people have in their mind of like a a tent and a sawdust trail, and yeah. have a revival preacher who's calling out yeah. sin and condemnation. It's yeah. that bringing back to life. You know, other people call it renewal yep. in the church. So yeah. you know, we wouldn't call the church dead because yeah. it's Jesus' bride. Yeah, but we need to sometimes be stirred back into a passionate yeah. and and lively relationship with Him. That's what we're talking about, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And on a continual basis, you know. Um, this is a continual process of being renewed into that mm. that fuller, more complete understanding of who God is and who we are, and then the difference that that makes as Holy Spirit just ignites that passion in each heart. You know? Yeah, that's good. That's really good. So, uh, so pr- practically, and you've already touched on a few things there. Um, you know, that daily inhale, exhale, other mm-hmm. way around, exhale first, then inhale. Yep. Um, that's really powerful. Uh, the confessing to one another in in 
I suppose, in appropriate ways and in, in safe relationships. That's yeah, important, isn't really it? Really important. And not to, um, yeah, we're not over-disclosing. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know. You stand on the street corner and tell every single person who walks exactly past right. the, yeah, the you know, dark secrets of um, your heart. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're really talking about finding those people who are safe within our lives you, to share that with. Do you have people? Like yeah, that. I do. Yeah. I've been in a prayer group for 10 years plus um, with the same group of guys. Um, they're guys who I can just be really open and honest with. But I also have a couple of mentor relationships, but I also have um, a best mate who just knows me inside out. Mm. And he might be, he is one of the congregation, but he doesn't always wear a hat that mm. is, I'm the senior pastor and you're a congregational member. Yeah, We're right. just really close friends cool. and we can just talk about anything and and that's that safe space that's that safe environment to come into you know so how would you go about like maybe establishing a like that's a spiritual friendship isn't it really yep. which is again another one of those disciplines if you look through church history it's these these deep spiritual relationships yep. that are strong and accountable and safe you know yep. um how, how do you do that like that's a pretty big step Absolutely. To go with someone's like, hey, I think you were going to be my spiritual friend. Can I tell you all my stuff? <laughs> yeah. Please and, be my spiritual friend. And it's just, you know what? To, to, like a little, write a little card and has a tick box, <laughs> yes or no. Like, <laughs> um, it, it, and this is going to sound a little weird and is kind of funny. Um, when my best friend and I started to move into that, we weren't best friends. And we were just challenged that we needed someone in our lives like that. And we actually said, would you be up for just getting yes. to know each other a whole lot better? It was like, so it was like, it was almost like the time you ask a girl to go out on a date. <laughs> That's how awkward it was. So good. And, um, how many years ago would that and, have been? Oh, like, um, two years, five years, wow. years okay. ago, probably or more. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so that's probably, an investment. Then probably too. even more than that. Maybe close to 30 years now. Wow. You're not that yeah. old, are you? I mean, we did that when we were five. That, that conversation. Our parents organised that for us before <laughs> right. we were born. Yeah. But so how, how, did, how would I do that? But I think, uh, yeah, um, well, I think you just need to be aware of looking at others. Let me, let me illustrate it like this. When you wanting to find a partner for life, you've much more got to look at who you are than just try to find all the qualities of somebody else and go, mm. I have a perfect list that I need, they need to tick off on before I'm interested in them. <laughs> You know, I always tell people, well, work on yourself and then you're going to be attractive to other people anyway, yeah. right? So same deal, starts with yourself. It starts with looking and going, um, I, I need to be in a relationship capacity that helps me to grow as a Christian. Mm. Whether you seek it out of a mentored relationship, which you're not going to get the same reciprocal mm. kind of confessional opportunities, more that, you know, mm. you, you might maybe more come to them than them be as open with you. So if it's a peer-to-peer relationship, that's where you start with yourself. Then you're looking for um, someone who displays qualities that are safe, um, meaning that when you've seen them in relationship with other people, just like you go dating with anyone else from the opposite sex and you think, oh, well, you know, um, they, they act these sorts of ways when I've seen them around other people. They start to become people that you might admire because of the qualities within them um and so you need to be looking at that um, for spiritual um friendships to get to that sort of level takes a long time mm-hmm. it doesn't go deep but neither should a relationship with a potential True. spouse mm. if it goes too deep too soon you're in trouble yeah. right and so it takes that time to develop to get mm. to that level um if we think about what um 
intimacy is with God is to be fully known yet fully accepted. He's the only one who can mm. fully know us and fully accepts us regardless. Mm. In our relationships with other people, in your marital relationship with your spouse, that is a constant journey to be fully known and fully accepted. It starts on your honeymoon when you are more fully known um, and you become... Uh, In the biblical sense. Yeah, that's right. And a little bit more known and accepted, but you don't straight away tell everything. There's things in your heart that no one else has heard before. You've never put words on your lips to those things in your heart or in your mind and your thought until you know they're safe. Mm. That needs to happen in, in spiritual relationships as well. Um, it's the building of trust, isn't it? And which absolutely. takes time. So start with things that are simple, like um, when you meet together, and you pray together, share what are some of the things that have been going on. Share how the message on Sunday at church impacted you mm. and made a difference. Ask yeah, questions that help to be able to say, what if, would you learn new this week mm. in your quiet times? Yeah. And what difference has that made in your life? Any of those sorts of questions, start a process of unraveling in a safe environment, but too fast, too soon, is just mm. going to damage yeah. that relationship. The other person's most likely if you just you know, spew out all of the, the, <laughs> all the, muck. the muck and yeah. mire straight away. It's just going to go, oh, you're, a, yeah. you're one messed yeah. up person. I'm, yeah. I'm out of here. Yeah. You know? yeah, and someone who's actually the right person to have that kind of relationship with is going to go, okay, I can't handle that because I have good boundaries. I have good awareness of what's actually possible in a relationship like this and yep. I can't meet mm. that need for you. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. And because the other person is not God. No. Yeah, they're, and they're not a spouse and they're not a parent. They're and someone they're not that you counselor want to either. With. Exactly. You know, it's this yeah. reciprocal relationship of, mm. you know, I think, Scott, you said it before, of being able to see into each other's lives Um and to call out what the best is in that person. Yeah, yeah. And in a prophetic sense, you know, call them to who God already sees them as That's good, yeah. and encourage them to be that. So the confessional is not then, um, or this sharing in openness of our, both our successes and our failures, because that's really what we're doing as we go through, mm. is not just simply coming to say, I've got a grow in this area or I constantly stuff up in this area. It's just sharing, you know, the realities of ups and downs. Mm. You know, none of us are on a straight trajectory. Yeah. Every new mountaintop involves a valley on the way through. Yeah, that's right. that's and uh, that comes in all shapes and sizes. Yeah. And so that's how we journey with each other on the way through that's that. Um, so there is confession that comes before God that may never come before anybody else. But there is also uh, the journey with each other that helps us to be real and grow. And that, that then just creates this environment of openness and health and just space for God to do what he wants to do then, doesn't it? Oh, anytime we keep something in the dark, it's hidden from the light. Mm. It's going to fester. It's going to mold. It's going to do all the things yeah. that happen in dark, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, the light needs to shine in yeah. and um, to to share it before another brings light into that situation. Mm. One practical, just super simple practical one that I've found helpful for the listeners is just to hit your spiritual friend up and say, what are you struggling with? Instead of just how's life going, yep. just say, what are, you, what are you struggling with? Is there anything that I can pray about with you? Yeah, that's great. Easy. And, and that does take then your... your um, your relationship to a deeper level pretty quickly. Real quick, yeah. yeah. And self-disclosure appropriately 
then helps you to be able to to lead that. So um, when someone is open to a certain extent, it gives permission for the other mm. person to be open to that same extent. Right, yes. If you constantly keep it superficial, yeah. it will always be say. superficial. That's a good point. Um, if you dive too deep too soon, it's going to, person scared, run away. So it's just monitoring that. It's being, you know. And it comes back to kind of what you said before too, that, you know, when we come to God with our issues, he already knows. Mm-hmm. And the people who know us well, they're picking up on stuff before we tell them. They, mm-hmm. they can see it. And and for a lot of us, we're not that good at hiding things. And so someone who's a stranger can often pick up on the stuff that's in front of us. And, and, and so people know stuff's going on. You know, um, my spouse, Robin, um, she she sees me in a different light to how other people will see me. Um, and she's able to also show that side, tell me the side of me that I don't see. Mm. And so... You know, relationships that are close are good because they actually are better than even looking in a mirror. Yeah, wow. Um, it's someone looking into your life and pointing out some stuff that mm. you don't even see. Mm. Wow. It, it seems like we've talked a little bit, uh, we've talked around community a, a lot this episode and maybe without even planning it. But we've talked about confession and we've talked about repentance. Not only repenting once when we're converted that initial god i'm sorry for everything i've done i now want to follow you turning around turning towards god but then constantly throughout our lives just small little repentances yeah which then change our way of thinking Mm. which is part of what repentance is about changing our thoughts changing the way we think about things so that then we can be in line with scripture in line with god's Mm. ways and ignited by his spirit to be about what he wants it's awesome Mm. And all of this seems to be in community. Mm. And I love that it it's that um, actually comes back to a proverb that Scott, you, you wrote down that we should mention, but I think it kind of wraps it up really nicely in that sense. It says, um, whoever conceals their transgressions will not prosper, but the one who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. And the whole idea of mercy just being the load that's lifted off you, like you, you end up not getting what you deserve for what you've done. Yep. You know, it creates this lightness and this freedom. And John, like what you said earlier, we've lost some of that life and lightness that comes by actually just <laughs> confessing it and getting out into the open. Mm-hmm. And, you know, confession sounds like a heavy, oh my goodness, I have to confess, yeah. I have to unload all this stuff. But it it lightens the load. Yeah. It brings relief and refreshing and it creates this space where you're like, oh man, I can actually do this again now. And we can do that with one yeah. another. It becomes this real awareness of like, wow, look at how we're actually finding life here. This is exciting and this is vibrant. And it's the life to the abundant level that Jesus mm. talked about, this yep. freedom. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Well, I mean, yeah, as Scott said, we've covered a whole pile of stuff. John, thanks so much for your time today. I know My it's pleasure. Like, there's lots going on and these practices help actually get us ready for what we have to do in our days. It, it actually, no matter where you are and what you're doing, this breathing just refreshes us and gets mm. our whole priorities aligned with Absolutely. God, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's great. And really, that's the most effective thing we can do. So um, I'd encourage you as you've been listening to this to, to pick one thing that we've talked about, take it, practice it for the next week, put it into place, see what it looks like. Maybe it's that spiritual breathing you can do every day. Maybe it's uh, exploring a spiritual friendship, whatever it is. The disciplines aren't a good idea. They're good practices that we do that help us 
come into that intimate relationship with God. And as Pastor Eric said, you know, it all comes back to relationship. Uh, it's the theme that keeps coming up through all of this as well. So make sure you spend time investing in that. Um, don't let this just be good ideas that you tell someone about. Let these be things that influence your life. So again, thanks for listening. Make sure you hit subscribe. There'll be some info in the show notes as well if you want to follow up on some of these passages and, and things that we've talked about. And as always, this has been River Life Going Deeper, uh, an exploration of culture and practices that help us as a church grow deeper into God and and hopefully we'll help you on your own journey. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this River Life podcast. Make sure you subscribe to keep up to date with all the latest content. If this podcast has raised any questions for you, contact us via church at riverlifechurch.org.au or through Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening.